Welcome everyone to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 185, recording this on Wednesday the 13th of July 2016 after a gap of about uh, 10 or 11 days again, but I do have Rafe Blanford with me. Yes, hello everybody, and the gap, as usual, was entirely uh, my fault, things rather got away from us, but Steve and I didn't notice that we'd done a, a longer than usual podcast in the last previous episode, thought it'd be okay to skip a gap, but this time I suspect we're going to have a lot to chat through. There's a, a lot of stories and obviously there's a lot of excitement around sort of forthcoming software updates. And I know that's going to be one of the big uh, topics for this, uh, for this podcast. Although perhaps not as exciting as things used to be given the amount of uh, updates that are available via the insider program. But that's all part of the discussion actually. But uh, I know we've got quite a few topics to get through this week, Steve. Yes, yes. Uh, in fact, several of these stories I put in the show notes, and we'll link link to all these, of course, on the story, so you can follow the hyperlinks. But a lot, a lot of them actually duplicate because they are, for example, and given we've had a ten or eleven day gap in those ten or eleven days, uh, Microsoft has released something like three different insiders built for the fast ring for Redstone, i.e., the anniversary update, and at least one or two. I think it's two for the threshold branch, the stable production branch, as it were, one under the release preview guys and one one for all phones running threshold. So there's been a lot of activity in terms of updates, plus there's been dozens, literally dozens of updates. The core uh, Windows 10 uh, UWP apps, you know, OneNote, the Office Mobile and so forth. Uh, so there's been a lot of activity, a lot of things to be updated on everybody's phones. We're still seeing some issues. And, and with all of this in mind, and people can follow the links to the various updates if they're not sure which version they're on or which version they want to get to. But my contention is that time is racing on. Now, Microsoft have said that the anniversary update, as they've called it, uh, a.k.a. Redstone, um, is going to be rolled out for PC and quote, expected for mobile as well on August the 2nd, 2016. Now, by my calendar, that's about three weeks away. Three weeks does not sound long enough to fix the litany of problems that people are reporting. And I have my own bugbear, which I've linked to you numerous times in terms of media controls. I love listening to music and podcasts and so forth on uh, on smartphones. And it's a complete non-starter on, on Windows 10. Uh, Windows 10 Mobile, either on Threshold or on Redstone. They still haven't fixed it. Basically, if, you, if I pause the wonderful Rafe Blanford mid-flow on the All About Windows Phone Insight <laughs> podcast, and I, I decide to go off and have a cup of tea or I do something else, I come back 10 minutes later, I think I, I, I start the screen up, the lock screen comes up, I press the volume control to bring up that pop-up, wonderful pop-up media player. And there is Rafe Blanford, AAWP Insight with a tempting play control. I think I tap it and the control, whole control goes away. Nothing happens. I tap, press the volume key again. Up it pops. And this time the play control works. It's so frustrating, so annoying. I've mentioned it before and I'm going to carry on mentioning this thing. So I'm blue in the face until Microsoft fixes it. But that's just a, a, uh, emblematic, really. I'm also a member of, uh, subscribed to the uh, Microsoft discussion forums where uh, where people can, you know, quite ri rightly complain about things not working right, and Microsoft support representatives can 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 respond. Um, and the, the, the sort of things people are asking are not, you know, really geeky niche tiny problems that they're major things like my phone doesn't work anymore uh, and i'm going to get an android device and i can't make phone calls or the, the updates all fail there are major issues still and i'm i 
I don't want to underplay how complicated making an operating system is. And clearly for the PC and, and laptops, Windows 10 itself is relatively stable now, relatively functional. And I can see that that will happen on August the 2nd. But I said right from day one when they announced this anniversary update, uh, that mobile would take longer and, and that people shout to me down, oh, no, Microsoft said it's going to roll out on the same day. Well, that may be the intention, but they said they used the word rollout. Rollout, as far as I'm concerned, in the mobile world means any time up to a couple of months. And I wouldn't be at all surprised, and that was kind of the thrust of this editorial that's up on the site at the moment, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we didn't actually see any over-the-air updates to the Redstone official for production devices until well into uh, the latter half of August, maybe even September because they need that time to just fix more of the bugs. Otherwise, just so many people are going to complain. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, this, because I think we're absolutely right to complain about it. Uh, but at the moment, it's obviously on the insider program. So you expect it to be uh, buggy or, or to not work. But as you say, there's this August 2nd uh, update coming. And the expectation, the expectation there would be that it would be consumer ready. And of course, the definition of that will be uh, fraught with uh, controversy. Because if you think about uh, Threshold and the state that that was released in, um, we talk quite frequently on the podcast, Steve, <laughs> about, you know, what was the percentage of it being ready? It, it, it definitely feels like Redstone is earlier on. But even that's tricky because, of course, um, when Threshold came out, it was on the new devices. And there was also, there's always a bit of an expectation of new devices not being sometimes 100% or arguably being something easier to achieve because obviously it's just on a couple of devices and it didn't become available for other devices sort of officially until, until much later on. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of release for new devices and, you know, uh, the HP Elite X3 is, you know, open debate, but other devices, uh, which did have kind of redstone on, but threshold on older devices would kind of remain yeah. the default and then Redstone would become available a bit later. So they might be able to claim that they've met that August 2nd deadline <laughs> yeah. by sort of twisting words. But, and I'd be absolutely fine with that. And actually, I don't think it's worth criticising Microsoft uh, as such. For, I mean, like you, I mean, I have been running um, Redstone on, on a device and um, there was times when the alarms weren't working or there were icons missing from um, sort of glance screen and things like that. And it was, like like you say, it wasn't just minor things. It was core functionality not working. And, uh, I mean, the point you made in your editorial is people really rely on their phones and you can't afford to have, you know, it not getting a phone call or not being able to get connectivity without a, a, a reboot. Now, as I say, kind of fine sort of in the insiders program and that's kind of what you sign up to. But obviously that wouldn't be acceptable on a yeah, public yeah. release. Um, so... You know, in one sense, this is an academic discussion because we don't know what's going to happen yet. But my bet would be there's, as you suggest, essentially in this editorial, there's going to be a, a delay for kind of the existing devices. If you want to get hold of it, it will be available through the Insider Program, and I'm sure it will keep getting better and better. I mean, one of the things I think that's been notable about the sort of various updates is they kind of seem to lurch from one corner to another in terms of stability. You know, it's almost a bit of a potluck which is this new release going to be better than the last one or worse? Now, there are some <laughs> things that remain constant between them, but, um, you know, it, it's almost like they're testing different bits of the of, of the software stack or, or whatever. And 
also of course there is the added complication as you mentioned right at the beginning of apps being updated left right and center so kind of keeping everything in place and on track must be difficult and i i think it's fair to say there are almost certainly less resources available for the development and testing than there may have been you know 12 months ago um and that's you know partly reflects the new reality of um mobile for for microsoft and also you know it's actually a different way of developing and delivering the software we we didn't really see these stream of updates so certainly not at this constant pace um as as we had before and uh you alluded to this in the, your article steve that kind of desktop users almost have an expectation of you know things going a bit wrong or updates being delivered more often i think on the smartphone consumers certainly aren't aren't ready for that pattern and uh you know we've seen a certain amount of dissatisfaction on other platforms when it does happen you know even ios usually held up as the kind of poster child of doing everything right has released updates where something has gone really wrong and they've had to freeze the update android certainly isn't immune from this this either um and i think we're probably seeing a bit more warts and all because the insider program lets us on on these updates even earlier but uh yeah i mean it's being debated in the comments right now and i think actually it seems to be the uh conclusion of the crowd is that there will effectively be a postponement of uh, redstone which is uh, as it should be frankly um, but as i say, i think microsoft will probably get around it's probably not the right word but they will point out that it's going to be available on some devices from uh, august the second and, and and fair enough um i i hope they make the common sense decision and actually think of uh, consumers uh, because it's fine for us to sort of complain and you know it does annoy me actually people complain quite so much about the insiders program because you kind of know what you signed up for by all means report the bugs and say i find this one particularly irritating but there's sometimes a sense of almost entitlement is maybe too strong but certainly uh you know as you, as you commented steve people almost threatening to switch away to android you go well this is kind of an internal or sort of alpha beta test program you know what what were you expecting um by the same token if you've been testing ios 10 uh at all you're, <laughs> you know you, you see similar things there or and the same with android n when it was first coming out uh in easter um i will say that and this has to be somewhat subjective because it's a sample of one and an anecdote it does feel like the windows versions have been particularly poor um early on in my usage it's actually got better recently but um i think that very much depends on what you're trying to do and frankly how much you're using the phone and whether you notice it or not because uh sometimes something will happen you're not even aware of it because you, know, you switch the phone off for some other reason or you're just using that particular function but as you say you know those forums are rife with reports of of, of problems but uh, perhaps more concentrated because uh, microsoft does set up this forum and that's where people are kind of expected to go and talk about it yeah, yeah, but I say the, the, the classic thing is for someone, Joe Bloggs, to think, oh, well, I want the very latest. I'll sign up for insiders, completely ignore all the disclaimers and then complain when things don't work. And I'm and quite rightly, most of the people replying in these forums don't have much sympathy for that kind of view. <laughs> um, if you are on the insiders program, you should expect to have to reset and rebuild a few times, certainly maybe every couple of months. I don't think that would be unreasonable for someone on that sort of early access program. But my editorial is really more based around the timing, the fact that yeah. we're getting so close to the official quoted rollout and that Microsoft are going to really have to pull their finger out or stagger it. I think you're right, Ray. What will happen is that uh, August the 2nd, uh, there may well be an over-the-air for, for example, the 950, 950 XL. 
maybe even the, maybe the 650 might actually come f- first because it's simpler and the, the hardware it drives is lower end. Um, then the 950, 950XL, and maybe a few weeks after that, then there might be some kind of official update um, for the devices which have upgraded officially. Things like the 830, the 930, the 1520, and so forth. That might even be a month out. Yeah. And then be, be beyond there... Who knows? But it, I, I think that the, the, the term rollout and the, the word staggered, I think they should be used in conjunction. And I think they aptly describe the fact that you shouldn't really hold your breath for a major over-the-air update that's fully stable and bug-free on day one, on August the 2nd. So it just won't happen. Yeah, and we should probably also say, just putting the other side of the coin, is it's unrealistic to expect a perfect release right out of the gate. I mean, this model of continuous updates, and you know, you were noting there that there have continued to be updates for Threshold, despite that obviously being relatively old, I and mean, certainly compared to Redstone and consumer mindsets. So there's always going to be this this balancing act, if you will, between when to release and keeping everyone happy. Um, and I think on the whole... Microsoft has done a pretty good job in the past about getting this right. I do feel sort of uh, Windows uh, 10 Mobile probably released a bit too early, but that was so tied into hardware dates um, that that becomes a problem. This time around, obviously, it's going to be less about hardware. So, you know, I'd rather than be a little conservative about it because ultimately that's going to cause less pain for users and I would imagine less pain for Microsoft support folks. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the fact that the threshold branch is still being updated, even to this yeah. latest day. I mean, obviously, we're not going to go that far much further into August before that will change. For So, for example, the official production version of Windows 10 will then become the Redstone, the 14XXX branches. And of course, the release preview ring and the Insiders program, that will switch to Redstone, which means that all the devices like the 920, the 820, the 1020, of course, um, which have been doing rather well, really. I updated my 1020 yesterday onto the very latest build for Threshold, which is at 10586.494. So the te- good old 1020 was still being updated, you know, to a fairly recent version of windows 10 and with all those wonderful uwps and yes my 1020 is back on windows 10 again so i've now <laughs> flip-flop for the fourth time it's it's a it's a balancing act i i think i needed my 1020 to be on that simply so i could report on it if i was just a single user with a single 1020 getting on with my life i'd keep on an 8.1 but hey i have to take one for the team and this is the one i'm taking currently yeah. in addition to all this there's actually a firmware update which is being released to the 950 and 950xl which is worth noting i haven't got it on any of my devices and i'm curious as to whether you've got it on yours this essentially is the low level sort of driver stuff and the, the soft the micro code that interacts with the hardware so for example importantly wi-fi connectivity improvements and lots of people have been seeing wi-fi connections dropping support for double tap to wait coming in and that's a, that's a biggie uh, bluetooth connectivity improvements um, camera improvements including improved image and video quality improved autofocus um, cellular connectivity improvements audio quality improvements. there's an awful lot in this firmware update and as you can imagine there are a lot of people like myself are getting rather anxious to get our hands on it and having multiple devices here which in theory this will come out on i can hopefully at least report back on the audio and the imaging changes i update one but not update the other and hopefully that will form the basis of a feature in the near future but this firmware update which is definitely being rolled out in a staggered fashion by microsoft is very on a regional basis has not hit the uk yet unfortunately but uh, when it does i'm really looking forward to it yeah i haven't got this on on my device i mean i think we can assume there's a staggered market rollout as there, there often is yeah. um i think some of these updates mean things like uh Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, I personally haven't had any trouble uh, with. And the camera improvements and audio improvements, I think it'll be hard for you to uh, 
uh, see them unless you're sort of doing side by side. But it's kind of encouraging to hear that they're continuing to be uh, uh, tuned. And so uh, a little thing like uh, the autofocus and actually the fix for that um, kind of uh, slow motion capture that was skipping frames for some people. I never saw that, but I was talking to someone who said it was kind of plaguing their videos because obviously something like slow motion, actually missing a frame can be pretty noticeable. But I think um, the big one, for especially for people who have... Uh, been following uh, Windows Phone for a while, and before that, we're using uh, uh, Nokia Symbian devices. Is the double tap to to wake up method because actually that becomes a very natural interaction. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have it, you really start to miss it very quick. I mean, to to me, it's a bit like glance screen. It's often the thing when I switch to another phone that uh, I miss. And actually, it's become a lot more common, to be fair, over the years. But I'm very much looking forward to seeing that enabled. And, uh, you know, obviously that's coming out with this update. There may be some other software updates to sort of enable that. But our understanding is it's imminent, correct, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, imminent in a firmware update rollout uh, sequence <laughs> means they're weeks. No, yes. not days so I, I have been rather patient so far but i'm i'm champing at the bit for a sunny day and to have one device on one of the old firmware one on the new and to go out and do a typical steve litchfield comparator pixel pixel peeping comparison and hopefully i'll find something interesting and i will of course report back now uh uwps universal windows platform apps and not only have we got the podcast lounge which is um, coming up and i was very lucky to spend some time with richard castle the developer and he's kindly let me have some screenshots if you have a look at that term story rave i know you were a big podcast lounge fan back in the day we now have a fully rewritten podcast lounge uh it's about well he says it could be months away i'm hoping it's more like weeks away and he's had so much encouragement in the comments and the story that he's now beavering away and uh, we we I don't have too much longer to wait, but it certainly looks pretty a clean cut and a good UWP. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing this. I mean, uh, I think anyone who's used uh, podcast players across multiple devices is going to think, yeah, UWP is actually one of those apps which will really, really benefit from something like this. Obviously, we'll have to see around some of the implementation, but the the benefits for the, the data sharing, if that's implemented, but even just the familiarity of the interface and the way things work will be be great. And actually, um, you know, obviously, if audio podcasts can still work pretty well through a continuum system, but there's obviously the potential for more there as well. Um, I had a quick look at the screenshots. It looks like uh, a very nice implemented UWP app, obviously early days, but uh, yeah, definitely one that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, and, you know, you... Uh, I think it's one of these things, UWP, we've talked a lot about very enthusiastically, but until it comes into the apps that you use regularly and that you are using them on multiple devices, you know, the proof is in the pudding when you actually get to try it out. And I have been using it across more and more apps and just gone, yeah, I can, I, I totally understand how this is future. I mean, there is a bit of um, a network effect or I'm not sure that's quite the right phrasing, but uh, until all your apps are on there, all the ones you use regularly are common across everything and share the data, it, it, you know, the benefits perhaps aren't quite as apparent. Um, I would actually, the comparison that people may understand is if they started using Office 365, the ability to use that across multiple devices and sort of subscription, but more to the point with the latest updates, kind of OneDrive and being able to collaborate with people on documents, um, that's quite a revelation. And also that sense you can start a document on one device, pick it up very easily on another one without really having to think about the workflow involved. That's how I sort of describe the benefit of these applications. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing Igneous Software get the release. And I, I would say, let it take all the time it needs to. Steve may be uh, pressuring <laughs> and want it, uh, you know, in a fortnight or in a month's time. But if it takes 
two or three months to mature, that's just fine by me. Yeah, of course, Grover Pro is the one I've been recommending up to now. That is also a UWP yeah, yeah. and working very nicely, actually, apart from this media control bug I mentioned earlier in the OS, not in the app. Grover Pro really is, is just about there. Now, Podcast Lounge does have its own bells and whistles and a maturity, I think, from being one of the very first on the platform. And Richard's determined to do it right. So hopefully that will be the certainly a, a contending with Grover Pro for the number one slot in the coming months yeah, to watch yeah. this space. I mean, I've um, been using Grover Pro um, as kind of the UWP app, but I've been continuing to use Podcast Lounge on uh, kind of my non-Windows 10 devices. Um, and I still use those regularly, um, partly for... Uh, you know, stability reasons when I'm having issues with other devices. And partly, I still very much like the 830 as a, as a device. And so I still actually use Podcast Lounge on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, it would be great if to get, get an updated UWP version. Yeah, I believe the uh, the old Windows Phone 8.1 version still works fine on yeah, Windows well, absolutely. Mobile. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's just uh, be nice to have the rewrite. Anyway, also on the UWP front, of course, we've had some updates to our own uh, all about Windows Phone Universal application. So I, I, I presume you've been keeping up to date with that, Ray. I, I have indeed, yes. And it's a great way for me to actually keep up to date with all the things that Steve's been writing on the <laughs> site. Um, I mean... We, we've talked in the past about, you know, whether you use a, an app, whether you use the website, but what we really, it's great now that people have the choice of, of which to use and seeing some of the uh, live style stuff uh, come in and just, um, you know, when we last talked about that, there was still some work to do on the feeds, which finally Rafe got around to sorting out and uh, <laughs> much delayed, but um, you know, seeing that kind of work seems, and there, there's something very nice about seeing it all inside an app and a lot of the kind of content, um, using things like the interactive comparator on, you know, the photo shootouts and things. It just, yeah. it, it, it's great. And, you know, much credit to the developer for doing a, an absolutely fantastic job on the app. Yeah. Uh, I, my favorite method to browse all about Windows Phone is on the desktop and laptop is actually installed in the browser because you do get the full layout and the full maximum use of space. I find that using a UWP on a Windows 10 laptop it's not quite optimized for the full screen, which is understandable because it's optimized across all form factors. That same UWP runs on the phone. Now, on the phone, I think it makes superb use of space. And on, the, if I was to given the chance of browsing my own content <coughs> uh, on, on a phone, I would actually I would use this the UWP apps absolutely every time. I think the use of the the dark theme if, well, it follows the dark theme in my case. Um, it makes the site look altogether different i think hang on is that is that really my article is that really my content it looks totally <laughs> different because it's dark because it's black because it's power efficient and very very stylishly done so i think thanks again to to joe for kind of continuing to maintain that application and we do look forward to some more uh, more updates in the months to come yeah we should also say thank you to everyone who's been kind of uh commenting and providing feedback on the app and also uh, rating it in the app store that's much appreciated as well because it makes it a lot easier to work out you know what features might be popular what should come next and yes i know there's some some new stuff on the way um and actually uh, you know just to talk candidly about it um i agree you know this is a, a great way to consume the kind of the, the site on the phone because um it kind of does a better job of presenting the content than the website does um for those who use the website on mobile devices they'll know that it does kind of reformat it is using responsive technology or a responsive method but actually that design now is quite a few years old and things have moved on a little bit since then and it was you know people talk about mobile first on responsive which essentially means you design it first for 
um, a mobile device and then you expand upwards to tablet and then desktop. When I was doing it, it was frankly, the desktop was done first and then it was made to kind of reformat or resize, rearrange itself for the phone. And I think that's reflected in the way some of the content works and certainly on some of the things like tables and some of the images as well. You know, the responsive bits and pieces do it does its best to kind of reformat things for you but it doesn't do a, a brilliant job in some cases tables are the one that people have always complained about and it's it's great to see that actually um it does a better job the 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 app and so that's really a credit to, to joe and all the hard work he's done and similarly on the um, kind of image comparisons and hopefully you know that means that it's a re- really easy way to read what you know we've always done longer form content on all about windows phone um and we've seen the kind of level of mobile traffic go up over the years um but we i would absolutely recommend this as a way to kind of consume the content and particularly the long form articles it works works really well uh, i guess the side benefit is you uh <laughs> don't see uh so much advertising which in one sense isn't such a good thing for us but um also i can uh, i can appreciate people enjoying the purity of the experience yeah, I was quite tickled to see that people were were comparing our AAWP Universal app to the rival applications from MS Power User and from Windows Central, and pointing out how ours was much faster and more streamlined. So that was a, a nice compliment for us and for for Joe, of course, as the developer. And I was then tickled to see that uh, a day or two later, well, a week or two later, the MS Power User people went and rewrote their application, uh, their UWP, to be faster as a response to ours to try and get it up to the same levels of speed. So, so we're having an effect. Rate. We're raising the quality across the industry. Yeah, and absolutely credit to Joe because he's the one that is really the mastermind behind Steve and I have uh, been enjoying the ride um, and sort of sending feedback. And then Steve, I know you've been doing a particularly good good job on that. And as I say, thank you to everyone who provided the feedback. But also, you know, Joe, yeah. you know, thank you very much. Is a shout out on the podcast. I know you listen to this, and uh, I wanted to say it and give you the credit you very richly deserve. Yeah, well, I gave him a prize of a Mozo case for his 950 when he turned up here. So he's had, he's had something out from it. <laughs> and hopefully there'll be some beers at some point as well. Absolutely. Now, uh, Here Maps, Here Drive, they stopped working officially at the end of last month. But don't fret because there is actually an official way forward to take your favourites from Here Maps and have them directly pumped into Windows 10 Maps. Well, that's the theory. Uh, in practice, you have to have had uh, Here Maps, Here Drive still on your device, i.e. you've upgraded from, for example, a 930, an 830, a 1520 or whatever. Um, so you've got your here maps and here drive. They come with you into the Windows 10 environment and you've got all your favorites, but the, the here maps app itself stopped working. However, if you then go into Windows 10 maps, uh, the very first time you tap on favorites within that, it will offer you an import wizard. And it only happens the first time, which is rather annoying, but it offers you the chance to say, do you wish to import your here maps favorites? And, and you say that tap on import. And in theory, it then goes off and brings them in. And some people have had success with this. Um, and some people have said, well, I, I was a big user of favorites. I've got hundreds of favorites in my here maps. And I got the message back from the wizard saying there are too many favorites to import <laughs> so which is which is ridiculous really so it will import a few but not if you've got a lot so in other words if you didn't really need an import because you didn't have that many favorites it would do it for you if you had loads of favorite were desperate for an import wizard it would say there were too many which is crazy so i've sh- I've kind of shouted microsoft down in the article in the comments there is a system is there it's worth a try if you've got i'm guessing a few dozen favorites in here maps and you've 
you have upgraded from an old older version of Windows, then this may well help you out. Do see the article linked in the show notes, but it's not a cure-all. It's not a, a panacea, if that's the right word. Uh, and if, if you've got loads and loads of favorites, then you may well be stuck after all. Um, there are some third-party sort of real hacks where you can um, export from here maps and take your data through a various, uh, uh, especially a third-party utility and then back in. Um, there, I th- Go back and look at one of the flow stories or do a search on the site because that does ring a bell. But the official solution, Rave, Rafe seems to be somewhat half-hearted. Yes, it, it, it does. And it's, it's interesting because, like you say, the people who really need this are going to be the power users with hundreds of favourites. Um, and it's a, a little disappointing that this wasn't sort of all fully thought, thought through because, you know, maps is you know, a, a key thing. I mean, I will say, for me, um, I don't have that many favourites which I absolutely want to keep. In fact, my favourites tended to be a little bit of a, a history of where I'd been. Uh, and so actually they it was almost a curated collection of places that Rafe had visited that he liked enough or was long enough there to, to favourite. And actually a lot of them were hotels that I stayed in that then I needed to find my way back to in a, a strange city or restaurants or places where I'd agreed to meet people and you kind of set them up and either pin them to the start screen or add them to favourites was typically the way I used it. Um, but I imagine some people are a lot more organised and have a whole bunch of favourites sort of uh, uh, stored in there. And it, it probably very much depends on kind of what your life is like and, you know, what occupation you're doing. Um, I, I guess it's not the biggest chore in the world to recreate some of these, um, but it just... It, credit for trying i guess but um we we like to be uh somewhat even-handed here and you just go you know didn't someone think about the fact that if it if you had too many it would fail that's kind of a bad thing you, you know, set that up in advance i don't know it, it's it just feels a bit half-hearted to me yeah yeah now there are a couple of notes um one guy in the comments did point out that if you if i've got to this point and here maps is no longer opening at all and you'd forgotten to sync it with here.com therefore you, all your favorites were online but they weren't on the phone you can actually just say, set the date of your phone back a month pretend the, pretend it's still june run here maps do the syncing with here.com um get your favorites on the phone and then um then you of course you can set the date back to the current date and then you can use the importer in windows 10 maps so a kind of a clutch and i wonder how much other emails and things will go wrong in the meantime while your phone's a month in the past also note in the comments on that story there is a link to a uh, a, a site and a utility at jmevel.com we'll say to the link in this in the site and that will basically uh, a web-based solution that will let you copy your favorites between different um, mm-hmm. solutions and at least one guy managed to get his his, his favorites from here maps right through uh, and he did 171 favorites so there are ways it may take more work if you've got more more favorites and that's a bit of a shame but there are solutions out there as for me Rafe, i have to say that on most of my devices because i've been re- resetting and rebuilding <laughs> in many cases i haven't actually kept my here maps favorites uh, on any of these phones um having said that i i think my the most i ever got up to was about 20 favorites on any phone and 20 favorites let's face it that's what five or six minutes worth in windows 10 maps to to, to make them from scratch or my sort of friends and relatives and favorite holiday de- destinations but uh, certainly the power users have got ways to progress even if it's not particularly trivial yeah yeah so it, it's good and actually thank you to people in the comments because they were the ones that were talking about some of the alternatives here and sort of alerting us to 
some of the problems and some of the workarounds. So uh, it's, <laughs> as someone said, you know, it's, it's kind of shouldn't happen in the first place because it's a shame that here has disappeared. But I guess it's all part of the wash up from uh, you know, Microsoft taking over device and services from Nokia, not getting here and then here going in another direction and everything else. But uh, yeah, the poor users uh, suffer as a result. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I'll mention it again now anyway. Microsoft Wallet, certainly if you're in the in, the, in America and you're on the fast string and you've updated Microsoft Wallet, and you have the right bank, if all of these things are true, then in theory, you can do tap to pay right now on a Windows 10 mobile phone. But I think it's, it's, it's very early days, isn't it? Do see the link in the, in the show notes if you want the, the, where I saw it and a couple of example screenshots. I suspect, Ray, this is going to take another year or so before it's really widespread. Certainly Windows 10 Mobile itself needs to be hardened and more mature, and and there's so much stuff to set up behind the scenes where in terms of uh, banking and uh, processing and, and payments on the phone. Yes, it is. I mean, just to be clear, if, if people don't understand, this is the equivalent of Apple Pay and Android Pay, but on Windows devices. Um, and I've used both of those systems, and uh, and it's great. Uh, and I use contactless a lot, although to be honest, I use contactless as much with a car as I do, uh, with a phone. And there are those times, of course, I've left my wallet somewhere in the office, for example, and I've just popped out to get, get something. It, it, it's great being able to pay for that. Um, obviously it's hard for us to talk about this in too much detail because it's not available for us. Uh, in the US, the major banks that it does support, um, I believe a Bank of America, I think it's, uh, BCU, First Tech, um, People's United Bank, U.S. Bank, and Virgin Credit Union, with uh, uh, Fifth Third Bank and Chase marked as coming soon. Now, some of those are quite big U.S. banks, but I'm not sure what portion of the market that represents. But I'm pretty confident in saying it's not to the same level as availability as something like Apple Pay or Android, which I know supports yeah. many more banks. And obviously, this sort of thing becomes more applicable once it's available for for more people, but. I mean, I really would like to have this on my Windows device because I use it on other stuff. It's kind of become an expectation. Um, but obviously for some of these banks, it's going to be hard to justify spending the time and effort doing the integration for uh, the Windows ecosystem just because there, there's less users there. Um, the good news is, I mean, this has become more standardized. You know, all the things that have to happen behind the, the scene in, in terms of tokenization and some of those other uh, setup processes as I understand it, are becoming more standardized. And from what I gather, the Windows setup is able to use, if you like, the same channels, same processes um, yeah. as Android. And therefore, it's more a case of the banks have to do the authorizations. Now, that makes it sound very simple because if they got, if it worked for Android, it should be able to work for Windows. They still will have to go through all kinds of um, kind of compliance and regulatory stuff in order to make it happen and so it's not quite as simple as flicking a switch sadly um but yes it's available in the us and yes suddenly your phone becomes your bank card if you've used apple pay or android pay you'll know how convenient that is um i really hope that microsoft are able to uh, push it out into the, the wide market uh, especially as uh, contactless arguably is much more embedded and established in the market like the uk than it is the the us mainly because it kind of been like the head-on payment infrastructure and that, that goes back to various reasons for you know emv and chip and pin and all of those things um 
So, you know, it's, it's nice to see this. And actually, frankly, I was a, a, a bit surprised when the news came out, you know, it'd been talked about for a long time. Um, but obviously they managed to get enough banks to sign off on it to, to make it worth your, worth a while. And, you know, it, it's not rocket science now. I mean, sadly, this has become kind of the consumer expectation and something like this is really a casualty of, you know, the move out of the consumer market or rather, you know, small market share and that the whole window, which we talked about many times. Um, it's actually a really good example of something where Windows does suffer by by not being a little bit bigger. A lot of the other things you can kind of justify or work around. And obviously there is the whole app development thing, but we've talked about that at length. But this is one where ever you're relying on external partners, it's all obviously going to be problematic because basically the ability to implement it is not completely within Microsoft or the device manufacturer's control. And, you know, we, we've seen something similar as other manufacturers have tried to do their own solutions. And e- even Samsung have, have struggled in some senses uh, with Samsung Pay uh, because, you know, inevitably banks and retailers seem to prefer it to happen at the platform level because it's a, you know, a little I guess less complicated or fewer things that they have to support. Um, but interesting nonetheless. And I mean, I'm curious, Steve, um, I'm assuming you've uh, played with Apple Pay. Um, would you do use this on your phone? Is this something you'd like to see in, you know, being able to use every day? I don't know about every day. Um, I certainly <laughs> use contactless like you do just on, on cards just as a matter of habit. Um, I, I will be very nervous, but having, having the payment and all my computing power in the phone all in the one device if the one device gets smashed or the one device gets stolen then i've lost everything that that would would worry me it would be very nice to have this as a bullet point so that it's possible so that if someone wanted to do this that it was available at the moment the frustration is not the fact that you can't pay for things contactlessly because most of us can in the in in europe and the rest of the world we've been doing it for years the frustration is the fact that the android and iphone friends they're doing it and they're saying well why can't your phone do it and that it's kind of a bullet point that's missing and when that bullet point is finally filled in i think then uh, people will just feel slightly happier that we're, windows 10 mobile is uh, is up with the joneses yeah and it's worth saying there's also the kind of loyalty and ticket element that seems to have improved in this kind of new version of wallet so actually i'd kind of like them to make that a little bit more readily available to everyone else, even if we can't get the um, Microsoft Wallet Pay or, or whatever we're meant to be uh, be calling it. Uh, but yes, I suspect this is going to be, as you quite rightly identify, in the sort of a pretty slow rollout. So, um, you know, for people listening to this podcast, I'd say don't expect this new version of Tap to Pay um, unless you're in the US with the right bank. And even then, you know, uh, it, it's going to take a, a while to get onto uh, all the devices as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got two things. One I'm going to tease for next week, and I'll come to that in a moment. The other is that if you can click on the link and uh, share notes, Ray, for ter- the Terrapin cases, they said these folks at Terrapin, um, I specifically asked them to send across some of their flip cases. Now, the 950XL, Lumia 950XL, is quite a large phone. It's, it is unashamedly a phablet. And uh, let's face it, it's too large to go in even a, a, a belt. <laughs> holster in my case I, even i would feel rather un, uncool with such a large device on my belt it's also quite large for a pocket it's and it's also quite a large device to have the screen exposed all the time plus the fact that it's large means you want to watch lots of media which uh, as with most tablets therefore you want to find a way of having a kickstand or somewhere propping it up easily when you're for example eating a meal or doing chores so i asked the guys at terrapin to send across um, um cases 
which would support this this thing of protecting the Lumia 950 XL uh, on all sides and also providing a, w- a way of supporting it in landscape mode for watching media. And if you look at the, my, the ratings I've given them and my verdict, the one I particularly like has kind of got a, it kind of cuts away on the back. Most flip cases, I mean, yes, there's the sort of hanging leather if you're trying to take a photograph, you have to live with that. But uh, most big flip cases have they're kind of sharp edges and really bulky front and back. The case I particularly like here, um, it's it's kind of lower profile on the back and it it gives an extra curve. So the the the, the phone edges itself they're rounded and then the the leather itself is offset against that. So in the hand, the whole case nestles very nicely into the palm. It's very carryable. The edges aren't anywhere near as sharp and protruding into the the soft palm of the hand as you would normally find with a flip case. And most importantly of all, when you do open it all up into landscape mode, um, the the friction of that the inner uh, leather on the in, the inside of the flap is perfectly sufficient. You can prop the phone up basically at any angle you want, to, you know, so you don't catch reflections from windows. So if we're watching Netflix or YouTube or whatever, um, you can watch media very comfortably. So this has now become well, my favourite Lumia 950X. Okay, so I didn't think the Mozo cases would get the boot, but I'm I'm sorry that nice as though they are. And even though I don't traditionally like flip cases, this one has done so well, the Terrapin low-profile case, that uh, it's, now, it's had my 950XL in now for the last two, uh, week or two, and it's showing no signs of uh, dropping out of popularity. Any thoughts on seeing the photos? Yes, I, I was intrigued when I first um, saw these pictures and actually your review. I thought, because mm, I'm like you, I'm not really a fan of the flip case. I mean, I, I tend to either carry my phones without a case or with a, a smaller case as possible. One of the reasons I kind of like the Mozo cases, but also I tend to like the wraparound silicon cases, uh, which tend to be almost a bit of a disposable item for me because they do tend to break down or um, go slightly off colour. Maybe that's because uh, I'm too cheap to buy a very nice one. Um, but this uh, low-profile wallet withstand, a very intriguing design because at first you sort of think it doesn't quite fit, but actually then you realise, as you say, it's been done deliberately. Um, and... When you're already carrying a big phone, actually anything that kind of gives you the sense of carrying something slightly smaller, um, instead of just putting a case on it, you know, doubling in thickness and extra bits works very well. And actually, it's obviously a design that's been thought through. I mean, it is available for other devices, including other Lumia devices you mentioned. Um, I'm curious, what's the kind of quality of the material like? Because that's often a problem on cases. Well, it doesn't feel like a leather case that's cost £70 that you can get, you know, in Harrods, for example. <laughs> it doesn't feel like something that's absolutely premium. But let's put it into perspective. It is real leather and it's £9 for the case from Amazon UK, which is unbelievable value yeah. for the design and for the materials such as they are. And all I can say is that it, it's grippy. It feels very pleasant in the hand. It, it passes the smell test. I'm smelling it now. It made it's it's look. It's not Italian um, hand stretched, hand pummeled leather from the, uh, the 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 bulls of Rome, but it's 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 perfectly decent. And for nine pounds, I think it's excellent value. Yeah. So I think that's the the critical thing here. That uh, there are sort of uh, variations as well. I noticed you reviewed the uh, genuine leather wallet for thirteen pounds, and that sort of combines the flip case with the kind of wallet, which actually I've noticed is pretty popular for the the big. Big devices are kind of understandably, I guess people just want to carry one thing with them. I, uh, like I said, I preferred my devices to kind of uh, not have too much with them. Um, yeah. but the, you know, these flip cases clearly are one of the more popular ones you see out. It sort of t- t- does tend to divide into the two camps before these 
more protective or all-encompassing cases than kind of the lighter ones. Um, and then there was also, I think, the first one you mentioned in your review, which is kind of uh, sort of halfway between the slim fit genuine leather wallet with stand. Uh, the fact that they're all kind of set up to be able to do this media watching, which I think is very important when we're talking about the bigger devices, makes a lot of sense. And it's nice to see, you know, cases that actually have genuinely been designed to fit and finish on the the 950 the 950XL rather than kind of just being someone's probably done some measurements and tried to make it fit because there are a lot of low quality cases out there. So being able to find some that genuinely work well and offer great value for money is, I think, a real positive. And of course, the thing is that this pricing, while it's not quite throwaway, I think you can afford to pick one up and you can try it for a few weeks. If it really doesn't suit you, there may be a, a friend or family member you can pass it on to it. And if not, it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, uh, we've talked a lot about the Mozo cases. They're quite a bit pricier. And so, you know, that might be a slightly harder decision to make. But for a tenor, picking up a new case, especially one that comes Steve Litchfield recommended, seems to be a bit of a no-brainer to me. Yeah, one final item I just wanted to tease for next week because uh, we're kind of out of time in this podcast. And that's this. I mentioned earlier that I'd flip-flopped yet again on the Lumia 1020 in terms of Windows 10 Mobile. But there's a genuine debate here that needs to happen. And it's too long for this short podcast, podcast, but we'll come back to this next week. And for the, for example, the 627, 28, 29, 29, 25 and 1020, all of these devices can still be upgraded at this moment in time and possibly for just a couple more weeks more uh, using the release preview ring of the Insider program to get onto the latest version of threshold windows 10 mobile and enjoy the uwp apps and a whole host of other features so what we're going to do on next week's podcast rate we're going to go through just what you do get if you upgrade from windows 8.1 to windows 10 mobile and some of the drawbacks and to see which of those are showstoppers for you which are vers- which are reasons that you definitely definitely want to do it and i think that might make quite an interesting pod- interesting podcast but for now i will say goodbye and i'll let rafe finish things off Okay, yes, well, I'll sign off as well and say my usual thank you to everyone who's uh, been sending in feedback or commenting on the stories. And thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast and be sure sure to tune in next week. And I do mean next week, we're intending to deliver another podcast in between uh, seven and 10 days time. But until now, <laughs> uh, goodbye from me as well. <laughs>